The following podcast is sponsored by Crystal Glass, where windshield replacement and automotive glass repair has been a specialty for over six decades. Call 310 Glass or visit them online at crystalglass.ca. This is Gross Misconduct. Hey now! Welcome, everyone. This is the Gross Misconduct Podcast, Season 5, Episode 2. We're calling this one Cruise Ships and Rowboats. My name's Andrew Gross, and uh, across the globe sits my co-host, Carl. Hey, Carl. How do We want to begin this week's episode by thanking our newest Patreon subscribers, Colette, Stephen, and Guy, or Gee who are helping us make this podcast possible. You too can be a subscriber by going to patreon.com slash gross underscore misconduct and pledging as little as $5 a month to keep this podcast going. Here is the rewind of our last episode of the Gross Misconduct Podcast. Oil business is ramped up again uh, in Alberta. Don't, Don't vote for Notley. She'll fucking ruin it. In our last episode, we find out what closed down an iconic shopping mall in Edmonton. We're walking into Sears at Heritage Mall, and I thought, honestly, I was going to sneak one off. (laughs) I'll just sneak one off. Sure. But it sounded like a... a Gunshot. Yeah, it it was crazy how loud that was. And business stopped at Sears. Like, everybody turned and looked. It was that loud. And I turned and went, Carol! Dr. Tony and Kevin were asked what they would wish for in the new year. Dr. Tony wants to start a cult. Commune. Kevin wants peace on Earth. Just be nice for fuck sakes. And Joe got a nice break from fact-checking. We didn't put Joe to work much during the uh, Christmas no, special. No, there wasn't a lot there. Sorry, Joe. No, don't be sorry. We did that on purpose so he wouldn't have to work over oh, Christmas. Oh, right. Yeah. You're welcome, Joe. Holiday travels were unfortunately ruined. Our flight to Toronto got canceled, Mm -hmm. but our flight to Costa Rica from Toronto didn't. Air Canada just didn't rebook us. Just, nope, just fuck you. Eventually, because I'm elite, I used the elite phone number and I phoned, and then they came up with a flight that arrived, oh, I don't know, two or three hours after the ship sailed out of its last port in Costa Rica. So, not doable. And then I'm like, well, you know, we might as well cancel these flights. I mean, I can't swim to the ship. And then she was just like, "Uh, well, you didn't book it so you can't cancel us wait wait a minute you're not even flying you're not even taking me anywhere but you won't let me not go and that's what happened in the last episode of the gross misconduct podcast now you're all caught up she'll fucking ruin it
Well, Carl, we're calling this one cruise ships and rowboats because, man, oh, man, oh, man, when we last left our listeners, the story had progressed to the point where we were going to try and get to the ship. And, and we knew at that point that we were flying to Cancun and then Panama City and then boarding a pilot boat that would take us to the ship, which, you know, seems easy peasy enough. But of course, this was the cruise travel from hell. So first problem was we couldn't fly out of Edmonton. So you and I drove down from Edmonton to the Calgary International Airport through a snowstorm past some devastating looking accidents. And by the way, can we just stop here for a second and say, what the fuck is wrong with the Calgary airport? Well, there's so much. I Where do you even start? You, you, the, exactly the point. Where do you start? Because we followed the signage to the Calgary airport. And as fucked up as that airport is, once you're inside, it's even more fucked up trying to get inside. We we exited. We said, oh, you know, we'll probably park here in the value park. And it was like, OK, well, it's, how do you get to the value park? And then it was like, oh, the value park's now behind us. OK. Well, we'll just we'll park in the short term parking lot then. And then we ended up in this underground maze of tunnels that the signage was like, you know, do you want to go here? Do you want to go there? Where's the budget parking lot you mentioned on a sign a minute ago? And then suddenly we're in this tunnel that is through traffic. And okay, fine. So now we're through the parking area and back out to where the value park is. But if you turn left, you've apparently missed the entrance to that. So now we're driving back through this maze of tunnels again. And I guess we just decided at that point, let's just go with whatever parking lot we can actually get into. And we parked our car and then the signage to get to the airport made no sense whatsoever. We This is supposed to be happy, happy, Andrew. We, we, we grabbed our bags. We walked in the cold through this parking lot, this multi-level parking lot, following the signs and ended up on some kind of ramp system that, you know, took you from one end of the airport to the other end of the airport, elevating you by a couple of feet with each pass until we eventually ended up in some abandoned part of the airport. And, and the people who had parked the car after us, we saw them once we got to the airport. So I don't know what kind of special tunnel they took to get into the they airport. They just walked across the street. Well, why would you put a series of signs and ramps? I don't know. I don't know. It makes no sense. Like the signage, the waste of space in that airport is incredible. Like the only place that has more space is the space between the ears of whoever designed that fucking piece of shit. Because you can't get anywhere in a timely fashion in that airport. So the point is, we eventually did find where we were supposed to be. And we got on our flight to where? Cancun. Yeah. And it was at that point, by the way, that my teeth started hurting. Just make a note of that. That, And I thought it was the cold weather. Like, you know, every time I got out into the cold weather, it was like, oh, that is a little bit painful. But we did manage to get ourselves to Cancun. Now, the last thing we did before we left Calgary, though, as is often the case when you and I travel, Carl, mm-hmm. is that we stopped by the duty free. Yeah. And now, remember, I'm going to be on, you know, three or four weeks of ships here, and you can't buy Canadian cigarettes anywhere on ships, and you can on some ships buy the American cigarettes that I've grown to not distaste. Uh, So 
I had some Canadian cigarettes, but we decided, you and I, well, I decided that we would buy more than our allotted amount of cigarettes. And I said, do you think that's a good idea? Because we're going to Cancun and we've had that issue before and we got nabbed and you know, no, we're going to be fine. We'll be fine. I said, you know what? There's going to be so many people arriving at that time. We're just going to slip right through. And you had shoved two cartons in your carry on. And I had what, two and a half cartons or close to two and a half cartons in my luggage. And of course we were flying air Canada priority. So uh, our luggage was the last two bags to come off the belt about an hour and a half after we landed. (laughs) And, and by then everyone had left, like we were basically walking out alone and here's half a dozen army guys or in, you know, I don't know who they are. Customs. I don't know who these guys are. Customs. probably. Okay. And uh, although they seem to be wearing army uniforms, but they, they didn't even hesitate. Like they pulled us aside and, you know, bags up on the table. So my bag first and they pull out the two cartons of cigarettes. So we're now at, that's it. Like that's the restriction. Yeah. And he says, do you have any more? And I knew I didn't have any more in my suitcase. And I'm like, nope. And, uh, oh, so then he pulls out my suit bag and, but now he's going through it really carefully, like sort of like Mm -hmm. one of those border patrol shows where he's checking for false bottoms and this kind of thing. Like, because apparently, you know, a smuggler is a smuggler. Like if you're willing to ignore the cigarette rule, you've probably got a brick of cocaine in there somewhere. So he goes through everything. Like He pulled everything out of my luggage too, which was just like, thanks buddy. Uh, carefully packed the night before. And then he went to your bag. Now I noticed he was much more careful with your belongings, which is nice. Yes. Yes. Very yeah, delicate. He, yeah, he sort of poked and prodded a little bit and moved some stuff around. But I mean, generally speaking, I think he didn't completely disrupt your luggage. Now, here's the odd part of the story. As I mentioned a moment ago, the two cartons were in your carry-on. So Mm -hmm. now that he's gone through my suitcase and my suit bag, and he's carefully going through your bag, I I noticed, uh, hey, your carry-on's not up there anywhere. (laughs) And I, I thought, what did she do with it? And I looked down. And I see that you're now squeezing the carry-on between your legs and against the table on the floor. And, and you know, I've, I honestly, Carol, I don't think I've ever been prouder of you. I just, <laughs> I looked over, I looked down, saw what I saw, and then looked away and became very challenging now with this guy. Like, oh, you know, there are no more cigarettes, you know, and he searched everywhere but never noticed your carry-on. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And then just said, okay, yep, no, you're fine. And let us go. And like, oh my God. <laughs> we could not get out of there fast enough. No, it was amazing. Like I, I wanted to shove your carry-on down my pants. Like I just like, we need to get past this guy before he notices there was a fourth bag. Right. But yeah, we bolted out of there and out in, and did that gauntlet that is the Cancun airport. Mm-hmm. You know, which I still don't understand why within the walls of the airport, a hundred different people can approach you about rides and timeshares and resorts. And then but the real people are outside the airport. I've never understood that. I've never understood that either. It's weird. Yeah, it's just crazy and annoying. And so we got outside, lit a smoke and 
you know, I was just, oh my God. I was just like, can you fucking believe that just happened? Like, can you, holy shit. And I thought, man, that is an indication of how well this trip is going to go. Which of course it turned out was not true at all. Uh, And we lit up a smoke and we smoked and we unwound. And then I said, okay, I'm going to get a cab to our hotel, which was the next sort of odd thing. Um, I had a picture of our hotel with the name underneath it on my phone so that I could show it to a a cab dispatcher. Just say, this is where I need to go. So I left you, went over to the cab dispatcher, held up my phone and said, yeah, I need to go to this hotel. And she laughed and she took my phone from me and then held it up so that I could see the picture matched the building next to us. (laughs) Literally, the hotel was at the airport. It was like, oh, well, that's damn handy and again this was not really an overnight stay per se we were there for we were tired we went to sleep and by the time we woke up really there was only a few hours before we had to get back to the airport again so about two in the morning i guess we stayed yeah so you know two in the morning we pack up we head back to the airport again because now we have to fly to panama city but this time we're flying on copa airlines so i've flown copa before and i said to you the service on copa is quite nice which it is if you can successfully get on the aircraft. Mm-hmm. So we go to check in. We're early. We were the first ones there. They weren't even open yet. And first in line. And we're in the elite line. Like, oh, this is going to be great. And the guy comes, opens up, calls us over and completely refuses us boarding. And I've, I've run into this before with Air Canada, but I've managed to get past it. They want to see a return ticket. And without the return ticket, you're not getting on the flight. And they say it's an immigration issue at the next country. Like you have to be able to prove that you're not staying. Okay. So I explained that I'm joining a ship and they weren't having it. It, it, They wanted to see my Mariner's card or my Marine sailor's card or by, I don't know what they wanted to see my Popeye's gift shop card. I don't know what they wanted to see, but I showed them the contract and it wasn't good enough. And and they just said, no, you know, and just, no, it's not good enough. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, the, this is the contract. And like, no, they didn't understand that was a contract. They wanted to see a boarding pass for a cruise ship. And I don't have that. And they, and then they said, you know, even if we do accept this contract, you know, your wife's name is not on the contract, so she can't fly. And it was just like, come on. Like we had the, this trip got canceled two or three times. We drove through a snowstorm to get to the worst fucked up airport in the world, Calgary. We got all the way to Cancun. We've had three, four hours sleep. We're now back to the airport and this guy's not letting us on the flight. And eventually the resolution was, which it makes no sense, by the way, that as long as we have tickets to somewhere, they'll let us on the flight. Yeah. So so we bought two tickets to Bogota. It, it sounds like a joke, but but no, that's what we did. We we're okay. We'll buy two tickets from Panama to Bogota, their cheapest flight. And then they're like, Oh, welcome aboard. And, but they know we're not taking that flight and we know we're not taking that flight. Basically their accessories in defrauding. Um, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Panama immigration, which by the way, by the time we got to Panama, now I'm thinking, well, do we tell them we're leaving to go to Bogota or do we tell them we're going to a ship or like, what do we tell them? didn't even care they didn't even care didn't ask no yeah didn't care no. at all no they would just say hey, no. welcome to panama 
Yeah. Which is, by the way, always the case. Like, it's always the airline that's the problem. It's never the country. Like, they don't give a shit. Like, more people? Yeah, come on in. So, you know, now we get out of the airport and we know that we've got another airport hotel for a few hours before we join the ship by pilot boat. But there was an actual shuttle waiting for us, which is weird, right? And it had not our name on it. It had Seaborn, the name of the cruise line on it, and then some other name like like Gertrude or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was. So we walked right by the guy because we're not, you know, Gertrude. And then he like somehow knew and he was like, are you Andrew? And like, yeah, he goes, oh, I'm here to pick you up. And I'm like, well, why does your sign say whatever it said? And he was like, oh, that's the name of our company. Well, well, fuck, that makes no sense. You're not you're not meeting your company at the airport. You're meeting me. Right. And out we go to the to the shuttle van. He's like, so you're staying at the Crown Royal downtown. I'm like, no, we're staying at the Crown Royal Airport. He's like, oh, that's Uh, that's right. That's like Rye or something. It was the Crown Plaza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did I say? Crown Royal? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's wrong. Although Crown Royal would have certainly helped. So, yeah, stay in the Crown Plaza, right, at the airport, not downtown. So he was like, well, that's only a few minutes away. And I'm like, yeah, once again, I don't make these arrangements, but okay. So he takes us to the hotel. Now, it was at this point, Carl, that my tooth was unbearable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the warm air had not helped. It had hurt it. Um, I couldn't sleep. You know, I couldn't nap. I was honestly, I was outside in the courtyard of the hotel crying. I was in so much pain. And I was apologizing to you because it was like, I don't want to ruin this trip on you. But, oh, my God, like, I can't. And I couldn't eat. Like, I couldn't bite anything. It was just really bad. It was really, really bad. And we still had yet to get to the ship. And you, you at this point, you're just like, fuck, I just want to go home. Like I said to you, I just want to screw it. I just want to go home. But we managed to get a couple of hours sleep. We had a shuttle at 4.30 a.m. And the pilot boat was leaving for the cruise ship at 5.30 a.m. And the ship itself was entering the Panama Canal at 6 a.m. So tight schedule. But as long as the shuttle shows up, uh, we're good to go. Now, 4.15 in the morning, we're outside the hotel. And no shuttle yet. Not unusual. At 4.25, I said to you, there's going to be a problem. And you were like, no, it's still 4.25. And I, yeah. We're both supposed to show up early, though. That's how it works. Like, we're both supposed to be five minutes early, and this guy isn't five minutes early. But it's 425 a.m. Who do you call at this point if you're concerned? Like, there's no one awake anywhere. And he doesn't show up. Like, 430 is not there, 440, 445. And we're 35, 40 minutes away from the port. So at this point, we know now that we're pushing our luck to even get to this pilot boat. So... I remember that there's an emergency number for Seaborn, but I can't remember where it is. I was Googling. I was going through old emails. And thankfully, I found this old email in my trash that had somebody's signature on it. And at, underneath it, it had the, the emergency number. So I phone and I get Tom at 4.45 in the morning from Seaborn Emergency Travel Desk. And I explained to Tom that we're outside this hotel. We're trying to get to this uh, pilot boat that we're trying to board a ship before it enters the Panama Canal. Like it's it's a crazy to me, a crazy story. But to Tom, just another day at the office. Right. So 
but Tom can't get hold of anybody because it's 445 in the morning. So he's he emails everyone on the ship, the port authority. He like I, I, I still need to call Tom at some point and thank him for his work because he just blasted the Internet. Like, I mean, he was emailing other cruise lines. You know what I mean? Like he just emailed anybody with the message. If anyone is reading this, we have a guest entertainer stuck at a hotel. Now, we don't know exactly what happened after that, Carl, in the next few minutes. Yeah. We, yeah. We we surmise that what happened was uh, Tom was able to get hold of the Port Authority, who was able to get hold of the shuttle driver who told the Port Authority that he was outside our hotel and we were not there. And we were able to tell Tom that we had discovered completely accidentally only because a shuttle showed up at the airport when it wasn't supposed to, that there were two crown plazas in Panama city, one downtown and one at the airport. And like I say, we only knew that because the shuttle accidentally picked us up. It wasn't even supposed to pick us up at the airport. So now we determine that our driver is downtown and we're at the airport. The airport is not on the way to the port. The airport is in the opposite direction of the port. I don't know how fast he must have driven to get to our hotel because I know exactly how fast he drove to get to the port. But he came swinging around. What time did he show up? It was like 515, right? Uh, about 515. Yeah, 520. Yeah. So 515. The, the pilot boat leaves at 530. The ship enters the canal at six. In the van we go. He flew. Fuck that guy, man. He, he flew did. faster than Copa. Like he was just zipping in and out of cars and going straight through the middle of traffic circles and. But he, but and apologizing and phoning somebody or somebody was phoning him right every few minutes. And, you know, that had to be the port authority or the you know, I don't know who that was or the ship. I'm not sure. And we found out later that at some point the port authority had told the ship that we were not going to make it. So they had decided, OK, well, we we didn't get our guest entertainer and then got a phone call saying, no, I think they might make it. So they started making arrangements and. We arrived at that port and it was like the pit crew of a Formula One race. Like everybody just came running towards the van, grabbed our suitcases. I went to grab mine and they were like, no, just get on the boat, get on the boat. And we ran down the dock and jump on this little pilot boat. And I've seen a hundred of them. I've never been on one. And they told us to go down into crew. And the last thing I saw was them just throwing our bags on the back of the boat. On, the, on this black rubber mat that was literally at the very back of the boat. And, and there's no like wall there. Like it, it's designed not to have a wall there. Like it, our luggage was just teetering. It felt like on the back of this boat. And I was like, Hey, are you going to tether that or anything? And the guy, no, it'd be fine. They'd be fine. Senior. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And down into the crew area. And then this guy takes off across the water. And it was like, any speedboat you've ever been on, just bump, bump, bump. And you just know the luggage isn't there anymore. Like <laughs> it, it can't be like it's, it's physically impossible. Like it defies physics for it to still be on the back of the boat. But we're now we're passing other cruise ships like they're all in line to get into the pa Panama Canal. And you know, we, we couldn't see very well from where we were. There's not a lot of windows or anything, but the boat suddenly makes this big U-turn. And through the one window we've got we see the words Seaborne Quest. And we're like, oh, my God, we're at our ship. We're at our ship. Like, oh, my God, right? And we start pulling alongside. The water's rocking. The boat's going up and down. Both ships are moving. 
And that's when they they just opened the door like we were. You know what it felt like? It felt like a prison break where you didn't arrange it. And so you're not sure how it works. Like they just swing open this big metal door to crew at some point. And they're like, OK, come on. And like, OK, you know, <laughs> and up these stairs, we scramble. And that's when we saw it. A rope ladder. Ugh, yikes. <laughs> It was like, are you shitting me? Like, we're boarding this ship by rope ladder? Like, there was, because there's no way to lower a gang. Like, this is how a pilot gets on a boat. Like, who knew? And, you know, the number of times, Carl, I got to tell you that I've been on a ship and I've watched the pilot come alongside. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, passengers have marveled at the skill with which these guys leap from the pilot boat to the ship. And you're just like, oh, my God, that looks dangerous. And then suddenly, here we are doing that. Like with no training, no certification, you know, no insurance. We're, we're just this boat is rocking, you know, because it's a small little pilot boat. And they you just sort of wait for the, you know, the moment to be right. And then you you grab the rope ladder. And I said, you go first. And the only reason I said you go first was not to test the security of the ladder, by the way, just so we're clear on this. If you fell off, I wanted to be one of the men to try and catch you. Like, I wanted to make sure somebody's going to try and catch you if you don't make it. And, but you scrambled. Uh, you tried to do it in two steps, which is really funny. <laughs> I just wanted to get up it as quickly as possible. But meanwhile, I'm like, you know, one foot is down on the first rung and I'm like trying to like reach my other leg over, you know, up into the ship and it was like okay that why did i do that so fucked up like i know i've never what? seen you look less coordinated honestly <laughs> <laughs> but you know they all hands are like pushing you up and all hands are reaching down to grab you they obviously want to get us safely on the ship and they they basically pull you up and into a cargo door which i saw you go up and i had tried to get on behind you and the guy had stopped me and said no it's dangerous <laughs> like it's dangerous my wife is already on it but okay so then it was my turn and up the rope ladder I go and uh, up to the top and they pull me on board and we turn because now we're curious about the outcome of our luggage and miraculously it's still on the boat like it had made it and first up was my suit bag second up was your suitcase and then third was my suitcase, but they couldn't get it up. It was too heavy. And they were like trying to lift it up. And the other guy was trying to grab it. And eventually, I mean, they got to go. And eventually they just sort of tossed it. And I guess these guys, it wasn't their first day on the job. And they grabbed my suitcase and pulled it on board. And meanwhile, they're throwing cargo up too, like pop and, you know, a couple of bottles of whiskey and, you know, whatever else the ship had requested from the, the pilot. And then the pilot himself boarded. And at that point, the elevator door opened. We're in a totally cargo crew area. The elevator door opens and the head of security steps out. Brian, love that guy. And he goes, oh, you're uh, Andrew and Carol. And yes, he goes, uh, any trouble getting here? <laughs> <laughs> I was no. like, no, it's a pretty good trip. And And that's how we arrived on the quest. But it wasn't over because my tooth was still hurting. And, you know, I, I couldn't, I was still having trouble eating. I was having trouble sleeping, went to the ship's doctor, Solomon, another great guy. And he examined me and just, okay, you need to see a dentist. Like this is an emergency. 
but the first port in which he could arrange a dentist was what three days later four i think four yeah and it was belize and they met us from the tender at the dock and they took me and you to the the dental surgeon or whatever he is and we had a nine o'clock appointment. He got me in at 10 because he got rid of all the locals first because he knew this was going to take part of his morning away. And after determining that I needed root canal and a filling, he said to me, look, the ship is not paying for this, right? And I said, no. And he's like, okay, well, it can be expensive and it's cash. If I use freezing and anesthetic, it's $2,000. If we do it without those two things, it'll be $400. And I was like, can you do it without those things? And he was like, come on, tough guy, let's do it. (laughs) Easy for him to say. So I went for the no anesthetic, no freezing. And it was two hours of drilling and scratching and poking. And, but he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have no complaints about that. He, he finished up at, Everything felt right. The pain was almost instantly gone. I just had the, you know, that pounding pain of having had somebody drill your face for two hours, but the sharp pain of an infection and all that was not there. But yeah, he he solved my problem. And I think it was the next day. And now what, four or five days into this cruise, I think it was the next day we kind of went, okay, we can start our vacation now. Hmm. I did do a show that night that I had the root canal. And honestly, it was the most painful, worst show I've ever done. I, you told me the show turned out okay. Passengers said they really enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I barely remember it. Yeah. And I was a pool of sweat and tears. I was in, you know, I, I just heard I was going to pass out. There were times in which I was holding the mic stand so as not to fall over, but I did get through it. And, and, you know, and it turns out the adventure was not over. Um, now we get through all of the, that, that we've been through and the requirements to host a table. Oh, that was uh, hell. Pure hell. Pure, pure hell. hell. Twice we had to do it. Yeah. You go to the dining room and you have to stand at this table of 10 or 11 until each guest arrives, welcome them and tell them where they're sitting and, you know, taste the wine and, you know, Small make conversation. Yeah. Oh my God. Who gives a flying fuck? Like I would generally speaking, never hang with these people for any other reason than I was being paid to hang with these people. And, you know, it's a high end ship. So, you know, very hoity toity kind of, you know, not really our crowd. We'll say Pretent- pretentious assholes, basically. Wow, I hope none of them subscribe to this podcast. (laughs) No, the first group was um, awkward and uncomfortable. I have to say that the second uh, dinner that we did, they were quite lovely. Yeah, they were a nice group of people. Quite enjoyed them. I did actually enjoy the second group quite quite a lot. it, It is interesting how there are some affluent people who have zero personalities and you're just wondering, well, did you inherit mm. the money? Like, where did you, yeah, yeah. you know, it's certainly, you know, people did not willingly give you this money. Um, <laughs> but there were other people who like the doctor who sat next to me, an anesthesiologist, uh, a woman uh, from India. She was very interesting. She actually explained how stabilizers on a ship work using spoons and forks. Yeah. 
yeah, like there was some interesting conversation. And, For you know, sure. of course, the food is is pretty good because it's a dining room on a six star cruise ship, but it's not <laughs> my common fare. Like I'm I'm not really interested in a steak that's smaller than my finger. Like I I, I like, you know, burgers with cheese on them and pizzas with pepperoni. Like I'm not really big on ordering a steak and you're like, okay, which one of these dots is the steak? Like, I, yeah. I don't know why you pay more to get less at high end restaurants. I don't know. Yeah. It makes no sense. But no. during that dinner, uh, an announcement came on from the captain that the ship had come to a complete halt because they had seen a rowboat that was attempting to get the ship's uh, attention. And it was 34 migrants uh, coming from Cuba, attempting to reach Florida. And they had been at sea for six days, we found out, the last two of which with no food or water. And they were in distress. And so the ship had stopped and had notified the Coast Guard. And they were waiting for instructions. The Coast Guard eventually told them to take them aboard our ship and provide humanitarian care, food, uh, water, medical attention, whatever they needed, and then transport them to a rendezvous uh, near the Florida Keys where the Coast Guard came aboard and took them. So, you know, at that point, you're kind of like, whatever else we've been through this last week certainly does not compare to being in a rowboat for six days at sea. Yeah. While, while trying to escape tyranny. Communism. Yeah, communism. So, uh, yeah, an incredible end to the the cruise, really. An incredible end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was our cruise trip. Yep. Allegiant Air is a low-cost U.S. carrier that operates scheduled and charter flights. It is the 14th largest commercial airline in North America. Based on a few Google searches, it is not illegal to start a commune, but there are some legal technicalities you need to do. So having a lawyer in the group might help. Based on Google searches, either the Cayman Islands or Barbados have the best broadband internet speeds. The following ducks and waterfowl live in Belize, Reddy Duck, Snow Goose, Green Wing Teal, Fulvis Whistling Duck, Black Bellied Whistling Duck, and the Lesser Scout. And the office Lego set is now in stock at the Lego store in West Edmonton Mall. And that's another edition of Joe's Fact Check. Joe, fuck, check. The mail it never fails It makes me wanna wag my tail When it comes I wanna will Our Patreon subscribers were kept up to date On our adventure So therefore our mail reflects the fact That they know the story we just told Sweet Georgia posted on Twitter Wow, those poor people Life is so terrible they would risk it all, including their lives, in the middle of an ocean. Gil commented on Facebook, Indiana Jones has nothing on you guys after reading that story. Leanne posted on Patreon, holy crap, I could have sworn I was just watching a Romancing the Stone movie. Did you guys get shot at too? 
There had better have been many beverages after that adventure. And guys, when you get home, go to your TV and watch Border Crossing. You never say no. Try to have a blast, you two crazy kids. Josie posted on Patreon, wow, this is the best reason for this podcast. No one has travel stories like you, and you and Carol together make such a great team when telling them. Glad you are both okay, especially Andrew with the infection and all. Happy New Year. Crazy James posted on Patreon, security guard Brian wins sarcasm for 2023. Brian posted on Patreon, it seems that Carol has met her calling. She can start smuggling for the cartel and make a small fortune working for El Chapo. Lori posted on Patreon, whoa, that's an adventure. I would not have been all that excited about the rope ladder either. Glad that all in all, you both arrived safely on board. Dan posted on Patreon, I love the tongue and tooth descriptions of the update. I think the set must have been good because if it wasn't, Carol would likely have let you know. LOL. Hope the next dentistry foray is as funny. And Heather posted on Patreon, the only part of this update I like even a little bit is the last sentence. There is not a whole lot worse in this world than tooth pain. Sure. Glad it's fixed now. Jacqueline posted on Patreon. Wow. Just wow. You've heard me talk about our technology. Yeah, we give you the same advantage that professional athletes have in their recovery. What I haven't told you about is the amount of study, training, advanced skills, and focus on hands-on care that we put into every patient who walks through our door. We don't claim to know everything or to fix every problem that enters our doors, but we do promise to always try our best to be charitable in our communities and dedicated to our patients and to use our hands to make a difference because life shouldn't hurt. Bed Bath & Beyond is running out of cash and headed towards bankruptcy. So in order to prepare for Chapter 11, they're changing their name to Broke, Bust, and Be Gone. No more saving on window coverings because it's curtains. Forget about storage products. Instead, look for something that's strapped. Shopping for brushes or dusting supplies? They're cleaned out. Something to disinfect or sterilize? They're all washed up. Broke, Bust, and Be Gone. Look for it in the same parking lot where you used to find Sears and Blockbuster. I swear a lot of these people got their driver's license out of a Cracker Jack box. And I know a lot of you don't know what a Cracker Jack's box is. And you know what? I don't like it. Hi, this is Chris Slade from ACDC. And funnily enough, you're listening to Gross Misconduct with Carol and Andrew Gross. When we were trying to check into COPA, the person who was trying to help us, I use the term loosely, called over a supervisor. And let's be honest, Carl. Mm -hmm. If you're working at 4.30 in the morning, you're probably not high up on the old seniority tree. Mm. So she came over and just, nope. Like she wasn't talking to us. She just like, she's two feet in front of me and, and she won't look at me. She just turns to the guy and nope, nope. And walks away. And every time we sort of appealed to him to, you know, no, this is the contract. This is the way it works. 
he would go talk to her and she wouldn't even come over and just wouldn't help us. Wouldn't help no. us at all. No. Just, you know what? A complete dick. <laughs> I hurt people. I'm a dick. Might as well face it, your dick. Gonna have to face it, your dick. Might as well face it, your dick. Your Dick of the Week is brought to you by Meathead Butcher Shop. Meathead is your five-star rated local butcher, only serving the highest quality beef, chicken, pork, seafood, and more. Check them out online at meatheadinc.ca or give them a call today at 780-994-6328. Cycling back to this whole cruise vacation, and I use the term loosely adventure, that Cancun airport is where you and I got nailed during a listener trip. Yes, we did. That was expensive. 500 bucks or something like that, right? The fine was $500 for having two additional cartons of cigarettes. Yeah. And you reminded me of that before we left for Cancun. I did. We, we were in the Calgary airport and I said, oh, we should get a couple of cartons of cigarettes. And you were like, well, do you remember what happened last time? Not a good idea. Yep. And you said, why don't we just legally declare them and pay whatever the duty is it's got to be less than five hundred dollars you would think yeah oh, and joe, joe check that check what that. is the duty on cigarettes <laughs> if you could look into that for us in mexico how many cigarettes are you allowed and what is the duty if you actually legally declare them i know the fine is 500 because i paid it but you know it's funny because i said to you it's not going to happen don't worry about it and you were like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm sure. You're a dumbass. You're a dumbass. You're grade A, number one, only five first class. You're a dumbass. You're a dumbass. And you'll be one all your dumbass life. Your Dumbass of the Week is brought to you by the Twin Otter Neighborhood Pub, where Andrew and I go for great food, cold drinks, and live entertainment. Don't be a dumbass. Check them out today in Essence at Windermere South and tell them you heard about it on Gross Misconduct. And, and, you know, just to put a period at the end of the sentence of this whole cruise adventure, I know that I told you last week, listeners, that a number of you said you don't really like the freakouts. And I played a freakout last week that was one of the most subtle, calm freakouts ever. And I was looking for another one for this week. But I don't know why this segment should be any different than the others in this particular episode. I believe, Carl, I had the freakout of the week. Did you? Well, I believe you were witness to it when that shuttle driver pulled up Which at was... the correct hotel. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. fucking lost it on him. It was and a bit of a freakout. For sure. Yeah. And the funny thing was, you did. <clears throat> well, what are you going to do? You know, like, yeah, for whatever, whether he was sitting at the other hotel or whether he slept in or, you know, whatever. At this point, I mean, it's too late. We can't go back in time and have him show up at 430. Like, what are you going to do? Right. Like, either he gets us there on time or he doesn't. He looked like he was almost in tears. And he's apologizing. And remember, it took him quite a while to form the one sentence he did. And, and this is not meant as a criticism. I don't speak Spanish. 
but he was like, Mr. and Lady, I I'm sorry. Yeah. And you were so impressed at his attempt at English that you're like, oh, it's okay. And I'm like, fuck, it's not okay. We're gonna miss the fucking ship for fuck's sake. Well, Carol, it is time to find out what does Kevin think? What does Kevin think is brought to you by Old McDonald's Resort, family camping on the south shore of Buffalo Lake. Individual and group sites, grandma's kitchen, train rides, bike rentals, ice cream and coffee shops, playgrounds, a beautiful beach, fireworks at night, including the best July 1st fireworks show in Western Canada, and so much more. Check them out at oldmcdonalds.com. Make your 2023 summer reservation today and tell them you heard about it on Gross Misconduct. Angela asked, would you vote for Andrew if he ran for office, knowing that you don't always agree politically? Hmm. Interesting question, Angela. What does Kevin think? Well, Angela, would I vote for Andrew if he ran for office, knowing that we don't always agree politically? Fuck no. No, I'm kidding. That's a pretty hypothetical because I live in the country and Andrew lives in the city. And uh, so us country folks don't get to vote for who runs in the city. I would totally vote for Andrew um, if he ran in my riding. He'd probably have to switch parties if he ran in my writing in order to win. I, it It's kind of sad these days because it almost seems like politicians are pitting the city folks against the country folks is what it seems like to me. They, they need to win the cities to win the elections. And the cities just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the countryside is not. So the ridings in the country are getting smaller, the ridings in the city are getting more plentiful. But uh, yeah, no, Andrew and I don't always agree politically, but, but we do agree on on some stuff. I would totally vote for Andrew if if given the opportunity. I don't suspect I ever will be given that opportunity but hell yeah I'd vote for Andrew and that's what Kevin thinks And it is time now to check in with the doctor. The doctor's office is brought to you by our friends at Arena Auto Service. Arena Auto Service is an independent family-owned auto repair shop that's been serving Edmonton and area for 40 years. When it's time for your car's next checkup or you just need a problem diagnosed and repaired, call 780-453-1805 or visit their auto repair shop located at 11615 163th Street. Tell them you heard about it on Gross Misconduct. Richard wanted to know from our doctor, Viagra works to get a male erection, but does it increase desire for sex? What are the odds, by the way, Carl, that uh, his name would be Richard? Mm -hmm. Because isn't that really... Dick. 
Hey, Richard, that's a really good question. First of all, you're right. Uh, Viagra is used in treating erectile dysfunction or uh, impotence or whatever you want to call it. But basically, it helps men to get it up. But it does not increase the desire. Now, when I see men in the office, they often ask several other questions along with this. One is, will it give me a bigger dick? What? And the answer to that is also no. Another commonly asked question is, how does it work? If I take the pill, do I get wood right away? What? Will I walk around with a boner for the next four or six hours? What? Well, it doesn't quite work like that. What Viagra does is give men the potential to get a hard-on for about the next eight hours, but you still have to go through the sexual stimulation to actually pop a boner. What? And so, once uh, a man climaxes, the erection does go away. And lastly, the other commonly asked question is, how long does it last for? Well, once you take the pill, it usually works within a half hour. And like I said before, you have to go through the sexual desire to be able to get the erection. And then its potential benefits can last anywhere from 8 to 12 hours later. And then, like most medications, the effects of it will wear off. So I hope that answers your question, Richard. Uh, but in a nutshell, yes, uh, it does not increase sexual desire. Hi, I'm Ken Franchek, General Manager of Crystal Glass. When it comes to auto, residential, and commercial glass, Crystal Glass is the clear choice for all your glass needs. Call 310-GLASS or book now at crystalglass.ca. Today's show is sponsored by Facebook ads. Look at one, and they'll haunt you across the internet like a stalking ex-spouse trying to collect child support. Facebook ads. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round, I get around, I get Hi, I'm Mike Love of the Beach Boys, and you're listening to Gross Misconduct with Carol and Andrew Gross. I'm getting bugged driving up and down the same old strip. I gotta find a new place where the kids are hip. Okay, Carl, it is time for this. This is Jeopardy! Okay, Joe, once again, neglected to tell us what your money is at, but I know it's at $110 million with the correct answer in something last episode. The House Smartest Carol Wheel is brought to you by the best furnace and plumbing services in Edmonton, Todd's Mechanical, providing you with all of your plumbing and furnace needs. Edmontonians keep warm and dry with Todd's Mechanical. Call them at 780-499-7598 or find them online at toddsmech.com. And don't forget to like them on Facebook. All right. So we'll give the wheel a spin. I brought it with me. Oh, oh, it folds up, doesn't it? Yeah, it folds up nicely, actually. I, I have it here in my hotel room in Miami. Um, so I'll just uh, move it over here to the uh, to the computer. Okay. And here we go. Uh, 
Okay, it has fallen on a composer's compliment. A composer's compliment. You have $110 million to wager. Uh, please write down your wager, and we will take your word for it since we are not in the same hemisphere. Oh, I guess we're in the same hemisphere. Okay, yeah, we are. You have written down your wager. All right, good. Yeah. All right, your question is, in 1793, Hayden wrote, he will be one of the Europe's finest composers, and I shall be proud to be called his teacher. in the category of a composer's compliment your question is in 1793 hayden wrote he will be one of the europe's finest composers and i shall be proud to be called his teacher what is your answer who is mozart i'm sorry that's not correct what the answer is beethoven (gasps) okay disappointing Yep, mm. it is. Yeah. All I'm right. About that. Okay. And, well, that's okay. Uh, I know now from uh, the Zoom call that you wager ten million dollars. I did. See. So, yeah. yep, that's still fine. You're doing pretty good. A okay. hundred million dollars is your kitty at the moment. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's uh, disappointing. But okay. And by the way, speaking of kitties, there's this uh, little black cat that you saw at the hotel. You spent oh. a couple hours at my hotel. Oh, he's beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. and he's been coming around. Like I was hoping I'd see him again, and now I'm sort of at the point of wishing he would go away. But every time I go out in the courtyard for a smoke, he comes flying over to me. He's so friendly for like a street cat. Like he jumps up on the chair, he purrs, he gets on my lap, and I'm taking him French fries from uh, Five Guys Burger and Fries later on after we finish taping. Aww. Can you bring him home with you? I cannot. I'm keeping in mind I have to go on two ships and five airplanes. Yeah, between yeah now and I know. Then. You could just, you know, smuggle them on the ship. What do you suppose the requirements for bringing a cat home from Miami are? Joe, check that. Mm. Quarantine, I think. Yeah, he looks a little like most street cats. He's a little rough. He he looks like he's been in a fight or two. Okay. Yeah, I know but very friendly and he'll probably love French fries. If he's anything like Angus, he'll love French fries. <laughs> can cats eat French fries? Joe, check that. Mm. They can probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's true of everyone. Yeah. All right. It is time for the big blue folder. Big Blue Folder is brought to you by Crystal Glass. You deserve to see the world clearly. Don't let cracks, chips, or other imperfections ruin the view. Crystal Glass is the clear choice for all residential glass replacement and repair. Visit crystalglass.ca. Okay, here's an interesting story. Someone went through an old newspaper article from 1923 to see what experts were predicting back then for 2023. Now, some of them have come true. Uh, but others haven't. Uh, Here we go. Uh, People will work a maximum of four hours a day. The headline actually read, no more hard work by 2023. They said electricity was going to make that possible. Mm, Uh, People also predicted there would be no ugly people left on the planet. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wish that were true. <laughs> yeah. They thought beauty pageants would become obsolete because it would be almost impossible to choose a winner. Mm. Uh, women will paint their teeth black to be fashionable. Okay. A gasoline will be replaced by radio waves. Mm. The average life expectancy will be 100 years old. And one expert actually predicted it would be 300 years old. <laughs> uh, what is the average uh, life expectancy Joe? of a Canadian Check Joe? That. Yeah, Joe. Uh, flying from Chicago to Germany will only take 18 hours. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> <Yeah>. Only. <laughs> only. Uh, it's about nine hours. It's about a nine hour flight. I looked it up. The cancer will be completely eradicated. Homes won't have kitchens anymore. Uh, Interesting, because they were basically saying that we'd have other ways to make food using chemical formulas and we wouldn't need to cook. Uh, They were kind of right, because we do have DoorDash, Uber Eats and Skip the Dishes. It's true. Uh, Telepathy will exist. I feel like that already existed. Yeah, they said that uh, one guy said that we'd be able to speak telepathically with babies. Uh, Mm. And uh, another prediction was that there would be such a thing called kidney koozies. What's that? Uh, They're like beer koozies, but uh, they keep your internal organs warm instead, which I believe is actually called a coat. Mm. Uh, A Canadian startup called Gluckskind just won an award for their Artificial intelligence-powered smart stroller at the Consumer Electronics Show last week in Vegas. It's called the Ella, and they've been taking pre-orders for a few months now, but it's officially going on sale and should start shipping in April. They're not cheap. They're $3,300. You won't see unattended strollers flying down the sidewalk just yet, but the self-driving feature works when your kid isn't in the stroller. The inventors say some parents have asked for that feature for a long time. The self-driving thing is just for when your kid wants to walk or be carried. The stroller follows you around so you don't have to push it. And then when your kid is in it, it won't move unless you're touching the handle. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Some of the features do work when your kid's in it, though. There's a power assist for going up hills and over grass automatic braking so it can't roll away, and an alert if cars or bikes are coming towards you. And finally, uh, two suspects were caught on surveillance footage outside a business in California just after midnight last Monday night. You can see them pouring gas everywhere around the outside of the building, but they were too haphazard when it came to lighting it because the blaze immediately shot up and caught them on fire. Uh, You can actually see the flames on their clothing of both the arsonists, but instead of doing the stop, drop, and roll, they just ran away, still on fire. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Carol, it wasn't easy, but that's our whole episode. Who do we have to thank? This episode of Gross Misconduct was sponsored by Crystal Glass, Todd's Mechanical, Leading Edge Physiotherapy, the Edmonton Comedy Festival, Arena Auto Service, Meathead Butcher Shop, the Twin Otter Neighborhood Pub, and Old McDonald's Resort. Dumbass was sung by Dennis Stephen Wright. Chic sang Le Freak. Meat Depressed sang You're a Dick. Happy was sung by Pharrell Williams. Purple Planet provided Kevin and Michelle's music. We used the mail time clip from Blue's Clues. We used the clip from Team America World Police. And we used the theme and thinking music from Jeopardy. And if you want to support this podcast, go to paypal.me slash gross misconduct or e-transfer Andrew at andrewgross.com 
or sign up for a subscription at patreon.com slash gross underscore misconduct. Gross is spelled G-R-O-S-E. Well, Carl, you know, we need somebody to play us out. Yeah. And given that this whole episode was pretty much about our cruise adventure, mm-hmm. I thought the most appropriate choice would be Lindsay Buckingham. I think you're all fucked in the head. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. Well, I'll tell you something. This is no longer a vacation. It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun. We'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes.
This episode of Gross Misconduct was brought to you by Todd's Mechanical, available 24 hours a day for your plumbing and furnace needs. Say this is no longer a vacation, it's a quest, and receive $50 off your next bill. Find them online at toddsmech.com, or call them at 780-499-7598, and don't forget to like them on Facebook. I don't know what this is going to sound like. Better than nothing, I guess. That's what she said. Well, I hope it is better than nothing. That is our whole episode. Uh, Thanks to Zoom. And thanks to you, Carol. I know you had a long day getting home yesterday and you flew back to Calgary and had to drive all the way up to Edmonton, arriving sometime after one o'clock. If this works out, if the audio is good, we'll try and do this every week until I'm back off ships again in February. And if not, we'll just have to figure something out. But that's it for us. Bye. Well, we pretty good. This- okay. <laughs> we want to begin. Are you done? Based on a few go- based on a few Google searches, it is not illegal to start a commune, but there are some technical. No, that's not right either. Based on a few Google searches, it is not illegal to start a. Fuck off. Okay, you cannot minimize Zoom when you are recording. Okay. We started mail? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, for those individuals who are our Patreon subscribers, the story we just told you was posted, but not in a... Well, just so that these... Ah, for fuck's sake. Gil commented on Facebook, Indiana Jones has nothing on you guys after after reading. Oh, sorry. There had better not been. There had better been. There had there had better have been. There had better been. (coughs) 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 Oh, didn't see that one. Is your camera even on? Can you see? I don't know. Can you see me? No, you haven't turned on your video. Oh, what? Oh. See at the bottom where it says video? No. Yeah. At the very bottom left, it says microphone or mute or whatever. Next to it is stop video, video. Oh, start. Oh. Okay. Yeah, there you are. See? Oh. So, okay. Okay. So I have oh. not been watching you this whole time. Oh, I thought you said you could see. Oh, you said you could hear me, but you haven't been able to see me. Right. I saw uh, your profile picture. I was wondering why I didn't get like a little picture. <laughs> all right. It's all in the editing, Carl.